we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
together 
God that we serve a Lord who is God of the impossible, the one who can turn mourning to dancing. He can give beauty for ashes. He turns shame into glory. And so I encourage you, if you have any shame in your life, he wants to turn that around for his good. He will use you like you never thought you could be used because he loves you. He has chosen you. He died just for you and he would do it again. You, if you have not given your life to him, today is the day. He is calling your name. He comes to give you the same gift he's given someone who has served him his entire life. It's never too late to just turn to him. And then you can have the same testimony. He has given you the same gift. He has given you the same reward. Hallelujah. Testimony. You are my testimony. 
Well, if you're new here, we're so glad to have you. We would love to get to know you. There is a card right in front. If you wouldn't mind filling that out, we would greatly appreciate it. Children, you are dismissed. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to have you today. And um, uh, I know I'm excited to be here, but after church, by the way, we get to eat some food together. That's always good, right? Amen. So hopefully, hopefully you're staying. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. Let's take up tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can uh, prepare that. There's offering envelopes in the chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around where the ushers will help you out. But Nathan's going to come down and take up offering this morning. So come on down, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, you can give him a hand. He, he's okay. You can give him a hand. It's all right. He's a good guy. Here you go, Nathan.
Amen. Thank you, Nathan. If you have something to give, you can bring it down today. While, while you guys are doing that, some quick announcements. Don't forget, every Monday night from 6 to 7 here at the church, we have church-wide prayer. And we're, we're a church who believes in prayer. So come on out and, and pray with us tomorrow from 6 to 7. Um, don't forget, obviously, uh, we got Good Friday and Easter coming up pretty soon. And, and uh, we have a, a Good Friday what we call time of reflection here. The church will be open from six to eight. It's not a service, but what will happen here in the church, there'll be different stations of reflection uh, based on the crucifixion of Jesus and some of the story of that. And, and uh, you'll have an opportunity for some worship after that. It'll be a little different, so but I encourage you to bring your family out. It'll be a great time for families to go through the stations together and talk about different aspects of the crucifixion of Jesus and what that can mean for us. And then, obviously, Easter Sunday, we're together, and we're going to celebrate the resurrection on that day. It's April the 17th, I believe. So uh, we're looking forward to that, and always, uh, I, I think Tish and Mike and those guys are going to put a real breakfast for us together that day. So just so you know that. Um, other than that, then this Wednesday night, we have guest speaker Christy and Miko with us, and I'm looking forward to a great time of ministry with us. And I know sometimes uh, we, we say there's a guest speaker coming, and some people come, I don't know if I'm going to go to church. I would encourage you to come. Don't, don't skip because it's a guest speaker. You need to hear different voices in mind, different aspects of ministry. So be here for that Wednesday night. It'll be a good time. Other than that, uh, you can get your Bibles out. Now, today, after church, we do have our little chili gathering, chili cook-off happening. Um, this Sunday is, is almost marking exactly one year in this building that we started having services here. So um, we consider uh, this facility and the property a great blessing to us. And so I had a couple people a couple months ago ask, hey, can we have a dinner uh, celebrating one year? And at the exact same time, I had other people saying, hey, let's do a chili cook-off. So I just went, Pfft. So we're doing a celebration cookie chili cook-off today. Now, if you don't like chili, you're out of luck, okay? Uh, no, I think there's other food to eat. But I heard there's like nine or ten different people brought pots of, of chili today. So there's a lot to choose from. I hope everybody brought some Tums and things like that. We might need it after today. But anyway, we're looking forward. So when church is over, I'll give you instructions on how it's going to work. We're going to have to go get our kids and get them up here because we got some rooms. we got to set some tables up in. Then we'll file down, get food and fellowship in the basement. But we'll tell you about that when church is over. But anyways, I hope you can hang out with us for a while and do that. All right, if you've got your Bibles, the book of Romans, chapter 3. Uh, we're second week into our what we consider our Easter series. Um, and, and we take time... Uh, at what we consider church calendar times of year, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, to, to highlight uh, these things in the scripture because they are the foundational things that we as Christians believe. Um, so last week, in, in our four-week series concluding on Easter Sunday with this, last week we talked about Christ, the sacrifice, that his sacrificial death in our place, substitutionary work on the cross. We talked about that last week. Today, we're talking about Christ the Savior. Next week is Palm Sunday. I encourage you to come back. Christ the King. We'll talk about what that means. And certainly on Easter Sunday, Christ the Resurrected. So that's kind of where we're headed over the next three weeks. But if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 3 and uh, verse number 23. And we're just going to pick up. Actually, go back to verse 22. I'm sorry. Verse 22, it says, the righteousness of God, and we're picking up mid-sentence, mid-thought here, Paul writing, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So this is what we really wanted to get to. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. Man has been marred by sin. And every man, every human being that has lived, lives in a way that they're marred by sin and we fall short of the glory of God. In other words, the intention of God, the holiness of God, who God is, the character of God. We fall short of it. See, one of the great works of God in this world is through the activity of the Holy Spirit. And you can read this in John 16 another time. Is the ongoing convicting of the world in regards to sin, righteousness, and judgment. In other words, the Holy Spirit is at work in this world bringing conviction that we need saved. There, there is nobody that can say, I don't need saved. 
there's nobody that can say, I don't need forgiven. And one of the great works of the Holy Spirit in the world is bringing a conviction that we need a Savior because we are lost. Well, we think sometimes that uh, maybe because society seems to be progressing tech technologically and we seem to uh, uh, get better in certain things, but the reality is since the first sin in this world, we are lost. And though we try to create a, a right society, a just society, when we do it without God, we're absent of his glory and who he is when he's saved. So the great work of the Holy Spirit in this world is to bring people, individuals, to an understanding of revelation that they need to be saved because of sin, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody, there's no distinction, as Paul writes, there's no distinction. Everybody falls into this category. There's nobody that's outside of it. You can't do enough works outside of Jesus to be saved. You need a Savior. And so Jesus, the sacrifice, as we talked about last week, is Jesus the Savior. Uh, there, there's a song a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if any of you know this song, secular song, but it started off, something's wrong in the world today and I don't know what it is. No, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, we know what's wrong with the world today. It's called sin. The problem, capital T-H-E, the problem in the world is sin. And sin entered the world, caused a division between man and God, and man then started to live in his own way, in his own wisdom, thinking he can live life without God. And, and well, here we are. And all you got to do is turn on the news and just watch for about 10 minutes, and you can see a world that needs Jesus. Amen. Everybody needs saved. And the ongoing work of God is to bring salvation to a world that he loves. The song we were singing, Graves into Gardens. That's the work of God. He can take a grave and make it a garden, which he did on the resurrection. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. He can take a mess and make it as he intends to be. He can reap where he doesn't sow. Because God is the one who can take something that is lost and broken and forsaken and bring it back to him in right relationship. Because, well, he's a God who saves. Aren't you thankful God saves? Yes. But, but see, here's the thing. How does God save? So that's sort of kind of the question we want to get at today. How does God save? So Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read a couple verses quick here that... Well, they really kind of fall into the Christmas story. I know we're heading towards Easter, but let's jump back to the, the Christmas side of things here. Matthew chapter 1, in verse number 21. Matthew 1, 21 says, And she, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. Jesus. And he will save, he will do what? He will save his people from their what? Sin. What is the problem in the world? Sin. Problems of sin is, is, is what man needs to be delivered from. But Jesus has come, Jesus, his name is Jesus, to save people from their sins. Here's another one, Luke chapter 2. Staying in the Gospels here. Luke chapter 2. In verse number... 11, talking about the birth of Jesus. And here's the great proclamation of the angels to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. See, God in flesh who comes is our Savior. And it is something I say so much here, and I need you to get this. God is intensely personal. He's not distant. He's not far off. He's just not creating things and letting his own mess and fate take its course and just kind of hang out over here waiting to come and judge it and smash it. That's not God. God is the one who's so intensely personal with his creation that he took on human flesh to become like us in order to what? To be our Savior. For when Jesus was born, the Savior of the world came into the world. You can think of it this way. God jumped into the trash dump of humanity in order to save us. But why did God do this? Because God is what? Love. 
Not because God's an angry God. Well, does he have anger? Yes. Will, will the world be judged because of sin? Yes. But instead of just coming and, and judging the world, God comes to save the world. Jesus comes. Jesus, the Savior. Christ, the Savior. God has come to us. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be jumping around a little bit today in the Bible. But that's good, right? 1 John chapter number 4. And go verse number 14. 1 John chapter 4, verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father God has sent his Son Jesus to be the Savior of the world. So whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. I love that. You know what I love about that? The simplicity of it. God doesn't make this hard. Aren't you thankful that you don't have to, you don't have to take a theological test to the Bible to be saved? I'm thankful. I'm not sure we pass, right? I'm thankful that you don't have to clean your whole life up and make it perfect, then come to him. He said, okay, now I accept you because you perfected yourself. Come on. No, no. He doesn't, he's not asking necessarily what you know, and he's not asking you to be perfect. He's just saying, hey, come as you are right now. Just simply believe in me. And I'll start to do a work in you that, that's beyond your understanding. That's what God does, because he's love. And he brings us into himself, and, and not only saves us, but begins a saving work in our life. See, but, but how does Jesus do this? I, I think it's important that, that we see this. So Luke chapter number 9. Let's jump back to the, the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 9. And verse number 18. There we go. And it says, Now it happened that he was praying alone, that's Jesus. The disciples who were, and, and the disciples who were with him, and they asked him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, the disciples answered, Well, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. So Jesus was asking, Well, what's, what's the chatter out there? Who do people say that I am? And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, in this great moment of revelation, for all the things that Peter did, here, here's one lightning bolt moment that he got, the Christ of God, in other words, the anointed one of God. And he strictly charged them and commanded them to tell no one uh, of this, saying, now watch this, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. There, there's Good Friday and, and Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. How does God save us? This, this is the, this is the uh, incredible, mind-boggling work of God. How is Jesus, how is Christ our Savior? He died on the cross. He comes to save the world. He comes in flesh. He takes on human form, knowing he's headed towards a crucifixion, a brutal, torturous crucifixion at the hands of the Roman state. Because there, there is this wage of sin that must be paid, and the wage of sin is what? Death. Now, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but here comes, as the Old Testament foreshadows, and the Old Testament uh, uh, kind of leans into, as we say, as we see in the sacrificial system, this fulfilling of all these things comes. The perfect Lamb of God, the sinless one, comes to die on a cross. Christ our Savior is Christ the sacrificed. Because if Jesus was not sacrificed in the shedding of our blood, he would not be our Savior. And it's culminated in the resurrection of the dead. In this we believe. See, what we, what we read 
in 1 John about believing, simply believing that Jesus is the Son of God, it, it, it culminates this, this, that I believe that God came to this earth, Jesus, God in flesh, but then I believe he died on the cross in my place. And the Bible says in 1 Peter, he took the sins of the world and he bore them into his body on that tree. He took all of our sins there. I believe he physically, literally died. And all the confusion at the time and all the things that they were wondering, they thought maybe he was the one to deliver Israel, but, but it can't be because he just died. And, and all the loss of hope in the moment, and then you go from Friday and it rolls into the, the wonder of Sunday. When Jesus appears after his resurrection, I believe in a Savior who died, but I believe in a Savior who was resurrected from the dead. And in this that we are saved, this is our salvation. Look at another verse here, Titus chapter 3. I know I'm running you all over the place today. Titus chapter 3. And verse number 4. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 4. Now watch this. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared. You see that? Again, Jesus comes because of the love of God. Notice the words there. The goodness and loving kindness of our God. You've got to get rid of this idea that God is so mad all the time. And he just can't wait to judge you because of your sin. You've you got to get rid of that thought. It is the goodness and the loving kindness of our God that our Savior appeared. And he saved us. Now watch this. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Again, aren't you thankful that you're not saved because of what you did, but we're saved because of what he did? You see that God takes responsibility for a messed up world that he didn't mess up. You see that? He creates this, this wonderful creation. He makes an habitation for man, well, well beyond what man needs in, in the cosmos, but he puts man there for relationship with him because he creates because he's love. And a man does what man does. And we messed the whole thing up. But God still takes responsibility for his creation to the point of coming and dying on a cross to save us. You can't earn this. You know that? There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. So don't try. You don't, you don't get brownie points with God. You know that? He's not keeping a point system. He saves you because of his work. The, the, the incredible act of God on the cross saves us from our sins. Listen, God always takes the first step. I'll, I'll show you that even in your faith in just a moment. God always takes the first step towards you. Always. Always taking the first He made you in the first place. When you're lost in your sin, he still takes a step towards you. Lost in your sin, he comes. Why? To be with us. Doesn't even tell you, you don't have to earn this, you don't got to be perfect, you don't got to figure this out. All you have to do is believe. And he comes and grabs hold of your life and, and remakes you and, and, and does all the things that, that he does. But God in love does the work of salvation, Christ the Savior. See, let's talk about your faith right now. Romans chapter Number 10. Let's talk about the proclamation of the gospel for a moment here. Romans chapter 10. Let's see, verse number 14. Let's go there. Romans 10, 14, it says, How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? In other words, sharing the gospel. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Jesus is the good news. But they have not all obeyed the, the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, uh, who has believed what he has heard from us? So watch this, verse 17. Listen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So in other words, it's talking very specifically there about the sharing of the gospel, right? Faith, in other words, what is faith? Faith is, is belief. Faith is trust. Faith is responding. Your faith to believe comes because you heard the good news of Jesus. He's always taking the first step. Your faith does not precede him. Your faith comes in response to him. Faith is born in you because of what you hear. If you don't hear the gospel, you have no faith to believe. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, or the message of Christ, the good news. So there, there's something that happens. So through the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the world, through people that have been saved, sharing the good news. Notice it says, who, who's being sent? Let me ask a question. Who's being sent? Who's being sent? Everybody should raise their hand. Yeah, I'm being sent. Thank you. We're being sent. But when the good news comes forth, it comes with the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And there's a conviction that grabs our heart. So, how many of you can remember the moment that the good news of Jesus grabbed your heart? How many remember? Anybody? And, and you, and you kind of could tell a story about it. You know what I'm talking about? What happened in that moment, something happened. Somebody said something. So, something in a circumstance happened where... The good news, and however it came to you, it grabbed hold of you and you responded in faith. It took a step towards you and it generated faith and you responded. You believed. You trusted. You probably didn't understand the whole thing. You probably didn't get the whole picture, but you responded to something about Jesus that grabbed your heart because something inside of you, you might, have, might not have thought about it this way, but you, in a certain way you said, I need saved. I have sinned and I have fallen short of the glory of God. And I can't do this without him. That he came into this world for me. He is Christ the Savior. And you respond in faith. And by the way, then, then there comes the rest of the Christian life. We get into the word, revelation, we respond in faith. We hear a message, hopefully somebody's giving you a good message now and then, and you hear something that grabs your heart, you respond in faith, right? And we start this life of living in faith with him, as a response to who he is and all the things that he's doing. So how many of you this morning, let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning would say, you know what? I've had an experience with Jesus, and Jesus is my Savior. Let me see. Amen. You have been saved. Mark it down. Check mark. But you know you're still being saved? How many know what I'm talking about? Paul writes about this. I'm working out my salvation because I, I haven't fulfilled it all yet. And that's the life of faith. So I'm being saved. And then what we're talking about in a couple weeks, Christ the resurrected. There is a coming time when we will be saved. So I, I'm saved. Amen. I'm being saved. He's, he's working in my life. He's changing me. And then he's going to come back again someday and we will be saved. And all things made new. That, that's the hope of our, our Christian faith. For Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. So how does God save us? How is Christ the Savior through the mighty works accomplished on the cross of Christ and then in the power of the resurrection? Self-sacrificial love and the power of the resurrection bring new life, new creation. So, so why do we use the word saved? Because you are saved from the penalty and the wrath of sin. But you're then also saved to new life. You're not just saved from wrath, but you're saved to a new way of living. 
You're not saved from the judgment coming only, but you're saved to a life in him as he intends it to be. That, that's, what, that's what new creation's about. So the moment that, that you believe in Jesus and, and you confess your sins, he, he makes you brand new. You know that right in here? And now I have, I have an opportunity to be set free from the sin that has shackled me and bound me and held me. All the things that maybe even sometimes I didn't even know was something that was separating me and God. But he wipes it clean. He moves it out of the way so I can have right relationship and begin to live in him. And, and just start taking those steps of what we call discipleship or, or living the kingdom life. There are different ways we put it, but just steps of life with him because he saved me. And I follow him. So Christ is my savior. Christ can be your savior if you believe. So let me ask you a question. Maybe you're here today and, and maybe you've heard of this stuff before, but you haven't. I don't know. You, you, the response to it has been, ah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure about this. I, I, would, I would encourage you today to listen to your heart. Because I believe the Holy Spirit, again, is always at work in this world doing his work. See, God is ever seeking to break into our world. You know that? He's always, he's always at work. He's very subtle, by the way. He doesn't do it in a way that removes your free will. You, you choose to respond. You, you're convicted, you responded, and here comes faith. But, but he doesn't make you. There's no relationship in making you. If, if God made us, we'd just be like robots. Just, just, but there is a, there's a free will response to the love and the goodness of God that's right in front of us. I would encourage you today to simply believe and then see what he will do. And the mighty work of God will start in your life. And oh, my goodness. And like I said, I asked before, how many of you have a story of salvation? You have a story. How God has saved you and how he's working your life. And he's taken you through this process of growing in him. And it ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's ups and downs. But, but you're working in him. You have a story to tell. So yeah, I encourage you to... To call on him today if you have not. But if you have, then my question is, are you part of Romans chapter 10? Are you part of the, the, the group that would say that how, how beautiful are the feet of him that brings the good news? So, you know, we live in a world today that's very, uh, what do you call it, culture warfare. I mean, I want to talk about. And, and people are making stands for things and boycotting this and doing, okay, you do what you want to do, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, are you telling people about Jesus? Because you can fight all the cultural wars you want, but if you're not telling about Jesus, how are they being saved? The, the, world, the world just doesn't need to know what you're against. The world needs to know what you're for. And they hear what you're for more than what you're against because what you're against doesn't, doesn't bring the good news. What you're for is Jesus. And all the things you're worried about, you fight over here, is preempted if people just learn to know Jesus. You, how many know what I'm saying? That we are people who take the gospel to the world and share him. So those who need to hear may hear. And you just never know. I, I think I told this story before. I'll just close with this story. So uh, we were youth pastors at a church in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And... Uh, um, there, there was a, a couple that were the, the kids' church leaders and had a good relationship uh, uh, with them. And, but the guy had a brother that was, like, separated, like, 20 years. So it was like mom and dad had a, a late, late baby, right? So mom and dad were super old at the time uh, to the point that, like, mom, mom was on oxygen. She wasn't mobile, you know what I mean? So she was very old, so she had him in old age. And this kid was an absolute terror. At this time, he was like 16, and he was just an absolute terror. Would listen to nobody. If, if mom uh, said he couldn't go somewhere, she'd hop. He would literally physically manhandle her and move her out of the way so he'd do whatever he wanted to do. 
Well, anyways, Rich tells me about him. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, we'll pray. He said, but I'm bringing him to church. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Wonderful. And his boy named Andy. So Andy comes. He's about this tall, flaming red hair, you know, matched his, his fire, you know, his attitude. And, and from the moment, I have problems. From the, from the moment a kid steps in the room trying to pick fights with other guys, always you know, hitting on the girls that they don't want it. You know, it's just, it was just a constant problem to the point pastors talk to me, well, what are we going to do about this kid? And I'm just like, I don't know. And I don't want to throw him out. You know, it's just grace and mercy and mercy. And, and he was here, he was with us for just a couple of months. And like I said, problems the whole time. And it was a youth group night and, and a room full of kids. And um, I didn't see a visitor in the house. Nobody knew in the place. But I thought, you know, I'm just going to ask, and as did the whole deal. Everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes, and how many? Anybody here would just like to give your life to Jesus, whatever. And I honestly wasn't expecting much because nobody knew in the house. And I'm about ready to close it up, and I just see Andy. He's in the back. He just stands up. And I thought, what's Andy going to do? You know, because this generally it's not positive. And he just slowly makes his way down to the front of the church. And, you know, teenagers bow your heads, but they're, they're all still looking around, you know. And, and you could just see when he got about where Don is sitting there and coming around, people could just start to see. And you saw some eyeballs get huge. You saw jaws dropping. You saw people start crying. And here comes Andy to give his life to Jesus. You just never know that somebody's heart will respond. They, they could have heard the gospel a hundred times. But there are moments that, that just something happens that we can't explain. It's the work of God where he grabs somebody's heart that you thought, you thought was hard as concrete. And there's just no way through that concrete. But you, you ever see a, a, a little dandelion come up through the concrete? You know what I'm talking about? That's the way God works. You think it's something that's so hard that it can't receive from God, but yet this little dandelion just pops it. You just, how is that possible? It's, it's, and Andy got saved. And, and the encouragement to you is this. Look, for, first of all, there is nobody, nobody that's too far for God to grab hold of them because Jesus is the Savior. There is nobody too lost in sin. There is nobody whose life is too messed up. Nobody. So if you feel you're too messed up, you're not. God can make a grave into a garden. But also in the sharing of the gospel, I don't care who you're encountering. I'm not, I don't care who you're coming across. There's nobody too far that you can't share the gospel. And who knows what God will do? Amen? That is because Jesus is the Savior. And he's the Savior of the world. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we call on you today. That you are the, the wonderful God, the God who loves us. The God who has come to save us. Now, I pray that anybody sitting here watching a live stream, wherever anybody is, if they've never called on you to, to cried out to you to, to be their Savior, I pray right now in their heart they do it, right now. And to simply respond to your forgiveness and to ask simply for the forgiveness of their sins. As the Bible says, you just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You'll be saved. And I pray that the work of the Holy Spirit begins in their life, a new creation, then, then onward and working out what it means to follow you. But I pray, Lord, there are people added into those who believe this morning just by listening to this. And we thank, we thank you for that. And I pray those, that for those of us that, that are saved, I pray there's, there's a boldness that strikes our heart about sharing the gospel. That we are ones who share the good news of Jesus 
to a world that needs to hear. Lord, it's not our job to convict the world, but it's our job to share the good news. And, and then the Holy Spirit works with us, Lord. But we pray that, that we, we are among those who are a part of what you are doing in this world to save this world. I just pray this morning that, that, that those who are here, those who are listening, Lord, that you strengthen them, you give them wisdom, you help them in their times of need, you open doors that, that may not seem to be able to be opened. I pray for those that, that know people that, that, that they just, it's just, you're just not sure, man, is it possible for them to be saved? I pray you give them hope to share the gospel one more time to see what you can do in somebody's life. We, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of those kind of things. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So here's what we're going to do. I closed up a little bit early today because of our lunch. But if you need prayer this morning, if you like prayer this morning for anything, come on down. We'd love to pray with you. So, so the order of what needs to happen is this. Everybody needs to go get your kids and bring them up here because they got to set some tables up in some of the rooms the kids are. Then in about 10 minutes or so, we'll, we'll start a procession down to get the food and find our way uh, to sit down and eat together, okay? So let us celebrate together and have a good time. We'll be blessed as you go today. Again, if you need prayer, come on down this morning.